different state of mind. It's a mindset. I don't pay no mind. A vision. I've seen a world living in unity through love. Oh, you know we had to do it, right? <laughs> Brother empowerment. It's been a long time. Helping brothers to break through without breaking. With international viewership. That means that we are getting our message worldwide and nothing can stop us from showing our brothers and their family love. So you know we had to do it right. Come on now. Brother Empowerment, we about to do it. Let's go. Let's go, let's go. My brother hit my phone. Said, bro, let's go, let's go. We gotta build a home. We gotta build a throne. Somewhere that we can roam. Let's get these brothers up and start to build each other up. It's time for us to level up and power. Yeah, we stepping up. Higher from the fire that ignited from the heavens up. Now it can't expire because my brother's always checking up. Homie, put your blessings up. Homie, never letting up. Homie said, call me if you need and couldn't believe it. I finally found brothers that's healing. Now I receive it because they invited me to Breathing all of the meaning of the true brotherly love Just what I needed, man, it's such a vibe To fill with brothers through the struggles, man, it's such a high To have them help you through your troubles, make you feel alive Cause as they raise in your spirits, you start embracing your fearless You can't deny that you're clearing all the demons from your heart Wishing it from the start To any brother that wanna step in and be a part Cause it's easier to do it together than be apart Hope to be the beacons of light that can shine in the dark ah. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It's Thursday, so you know what that means. Brother Empowerment Day. And so if you have never heard of our show before, where have you been? (laughs) (laughs) Brother Empowerment is a show designed to help our brothers um, and their families um, basically to break through without breaking. This is not one of those bashing shows, but it is an opportunity to engage in a healthy dialogue and hope that something that is said will positively change or positively impact those who are either connected to the show or those who have family members or brothers or something that you can share. So the moral of the story is share this with some brothers, connect, and hope that something that we have right here will be beneficial. If you want to find more about Brother Empowerment, but also our organization, mm-hmm. Love is a Parable, make sure you go over to loveisaparable.com. Straight commercial. I love it, bro. You supposed was- to say that on the F. <laughs> <laughs> what? I was just- you know what? We're just compliant. <laughs> so we don't have any guests today. So this is perfect. Yeah. So, Brother E. I What's up, brothers? You got to get you an email so you can be official. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to get you an email. So how was your week, bro? My week was pretty awesome. It was pretty progressive. Okay. Word. He just left it at that. Yeah, just drop this. Pretty awesome. Pretty progressive. That's just, it. Just okay. Boom. So we, we can't ask, how was it? <laughs> we, <laughs> None of my business? My, my brother's a man of few words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, none of your business. It's word. It's, I had a great week. That's tell all that tell me it's none of your business without saying it's none of your business. <laughs> yep. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> if, why are you asking me that was a person? <laughs> nah, for real. Well, that was short-lived, bro. How was your week? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. My week has been, my week actually has been excellent, man. Um, So, uh, first off, I want to say happy veterans to all the veterans out there. I was going yep. to make a post, but it's better to say it here live and in color. Happy Veterans Day to all the vets. Um, yep. But no, bro, my week has been my week has been amazing, man. It started off, you know, it started off okay. But yesterday and today, you know, remember last, e- um, yet, uh, last evening or whatnot, you know, um, me and you politicked a little bit and caught up. And so that was dope. And then today... Um, being off from work for Veterans Day, you know, as a result of working for financial institution, uh, my uncle, um, my uncle on my dad's side, um, my uncle Kermit, he texted me and said, "Hey, what are you? Are you doing it? Are you? Are you? Um, you want to do lunch?" And he lives in Virginia, so he actually pulled up on the day, and we spent the day just catching up and really eating lunch. Um, we went out to the Cowfish um, Sushi Burger Place in North Hills. And we just spent the day just catching up and talking. We haven't seen each other in actually a, over a, a year. 
So there's been a lot of stuff. And we talk every so often, but there's been just a lot of stuff going on in his life, of course, my life. And so he hadn't get a chance to he hadn't had a chance to meet to meet Rashia. So it was a whole bunch of stuff that you know we just caught up on. And then my mom pulled up in town today, and we all just kind of just just we're talking and stuff like that. So this week has been excellent, man, for real. Like, so I can't even I can't say anything bad about this week, man. For real. what about you, bro? I'm just excited you had a great week because <laughs> you ain't started in a long time. <laughs> you was excited as hell. Why do you this? Because you was excited. He's like, and we did this, and we did this, and we did this, and we did this. <laughs> My week was sorry compared to yours. <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro, I'm just glad that it was excited. But yeah, my week consisted of your part of your week because I saw you yesterday mm-hmm. and we seen each other today. And I've really just been enjoying. I've picked up writing again. I've been right. focusing on scriptures again, just really focusing on healing forward. Mm-hmm. So I'm really at just like a good place. And then Ian, I had a great conversation right before. Mm-hmm. And this, we so. did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm in a good place. Word. Yeah. So I love it, man. I love it. So let's see who we got on. I see. We got big sis Tara's in the house. What's going on, Tara? If What's you, up, Tara? If you viewing y'all, let us know you viewing. Say something. Hey, yeah, something. So, so we can shout y'all so we don't miss anybody. We got Deuce in the house. What's going on, Deuce, man? The Grammy award-winning Deuce. Oh, that's right. That's right. He is credentialed and awarded. Not with a Grammy, but we're going to say it. <laughs> we're speaking into existence. <laughs> All right, so we got, hey, Yvette. So Yvette Casey is one of my co-workers. Um, she's been following the show for quite a while, too. What's going on, Yvette? Thanks for hey, the Iconic Bond really did his thing. And, of course, we were the best video people in the world. So Hold on. I did vocals on that track. Yeah, you did, bro. They were amazing. No, you gave it out so I kind of. But yeah, he is dope. He is dope, man. We miss our brother tonight. We got Shantika in the YouTube land. What's going on, Shantika? What's good? We got Chanel in the house. What's going on, Chanel? Oh, hi, babe. What's up, man? She didn't. She didn't say who she was talking to. You can't assume that's just to you. We know who she's talking to. No, we don't know that. She said, hi, babe. What are you trying to say? Babe is only exclusive to people who are in relationships? That's not a rule. You don't, you don't see the heart eyes emoji? You know who that's for. She'd be happy to see me, too. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't know. Hi, babe. <laughs> <laughs> see? And then she said, dashiki. The heart was of the dashiki, oh, bro. Oh, there you go. You're right. You're right. My bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> Love it. No room for shame, right? right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Deshaun the building. What's going on, Deshaun, bro? Deshaun Bates in YouTube land. What's going on, Sean? Holding it down. She got Elizabeth Perry in the building. What's going on, Elizabeth? Yeah, that's what. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, here we go, bro. Yeah, dude, we gotta get you on the show again, man. What's going on, Derek? What's up, Derek, man? Oh. And we got Mama Garnett in the building. Hey, Mama Garnett. Garnett. Okay. So this is going to be interesting because this has been the first time all three of us have just been together. And this is going to literally be like us sitting down having lunch or something. Word. And I'm going to tell you now, Cordell is so excited. He yelling in my ear. I'm yelling? Yes. When did I yell? The whole time. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to do it this show. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> excited. I'm so glad my brother had a good day. Man. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to act like this. Man. He stopped checking the mail um that the message. No, I'm trying to turn you guys up. It's kind of it's kind of low on my end. I don't know how that but that always happens. You hear us better now? Um no, it's, it's it's the same. But I think it's on my end. Okay. Well, I do hear your TV louder than you a little bit. <laughs> I'm just saying, I do. I am what time, circumstance, history have made me, certainly. But I am also much more than that. So are we all. James Baldwin. What are y'all? <laughs> what are y'all thoughts? Um go ahead, Cordell, lead this off. <laughs> uh to me, it says that. 
you know, while your while your experiences and the period of time that you are, I guess, growing up or growing in is is a factor of who you are, and it shapes you know part of you know your story and your personality. You know, you're also more than what's happened to you, what you've been through, and your circumstances. You know, you define who you really and truly are, and the outside things that happen to take place around you or parallel to your existence don't define you. That's what that says to me. Yeah, I like that he added, so so are we all. Yeah. So, so everybody, you know, everybody knows that includes mm -hmm. you also. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I just, I, to me, I, I, I find myself, and I, it could be because I'm more in a spiritual reflective state. Mm -hmm that I was just thinking about my relationship with, you know, with the creator in mm -hmm. regards to like, you know, the, the sacred text say that I am that I am. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that sometimes we're, we forget that we're part of that. And sometimes we rob ourselves of experiencing total experiences because we only want to pull part of those experiences versus taking a moment to embrace the entire experience. And we're all of that. Um, we are the things that have happened before. We are the things that are happening now. Um, but we're all of that, mm -hmm. every single portion of that, not just parts of it, right? The entire thing. And I think that we miss that sometimes when we experience experiences, mm -hmm. we, we rob ourselves of just truly being all in the sum of all at all times. Yeah, I agree, bro. I do. Let me ask you, Dwayne, if someone was to ask you, to ask you who you are, what would be your first, your first characteristic or your first expression of yourself? Sigma. <laughs> Sigma? <laughs> Word. <laughs> no, all jokes aside, really because a lot of people don't know the true definition of Sigma. This is not just the because I'm actually part of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, but from a math standpoint, when you understand what Sigma is, Sigma actually is the sum of all. Mm. And even from math, when you, when you are trying to get the Sigma, you are trying to understand all that you are. And I think that that really is me. And that's always been my journey. I always wanted to, I know that there's so much potential within me, but I also know that there's unknown parts of me, but I do know that I am part of something that is greater and bigger than me. So I tend to lead to that. And so it was just so funny that I ended up becoming a Sigma because I actually wrote a poem where I literally said in the poem, I am Sigma. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's what's up. Would you say, E, answering your own question? Me personally? No. Um, the other you? I would say Black. Black would probably be the first thing I would identify myself as, mainly yeah. being because it's it's identifiable before you're even born. You know, like before you even know whether or not you're going to be a male or a female, you know by the people who are having you what what you are. And for me, it would, it would be black. So I feel that's that. my number. That's my first identifier of myself. Yeah, it's the first. It's basically the first title that was given to me before, like I said, before I was even born. So yeah. Yeah. Even though I don't like that terminology of black, but you know what I mean when I say yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. No, I was actually going to ask you which 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 way you were using black, but you you just answered it just that quick. Yeah, I was I was torn between two. I was torn between black or human, and a safe space, because those are the two things that um, I look at myself through the lens of. So yeah. Yeah, um, let me see what the comments are. Yeah, I don't even know what happened. Um, we are the product of our environment. Oh, goodness. Hold on. Hype me up. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. We are the product of our environment with a twist of individual. Um, but is it really individuality these days? Um, your experience does not define you. You're greater than your experience. Mm -hmm. Sean said, "You can change what has you. You can change what has happened to you 
you can change how you move in the present which makes the future unknown but also limitless mm -hmm. okay okay good you can't change <laughs> got it got it got it got it um that quote negates the quote from last week about the great the greatest american being born because that was a great statement i think they both run congruently i think they both like add on to each other i don't think they negate one another me personally so i think it's two different statements not blue five probably <laughs> <laughs> He said, I feel he was agreeing with you. I feel that we're black first. A child of God or a Marine, probably a Marine, can't help myself. Yeah, I, yeah, that's I, yeah, because I wonder people who have been in, in the military, like, you know, things that they, you know, the brotherhood and all that stuff, or the camaraderie in the military and all that stuff. Yeah, that would be, that's a, I didn't even think about that from a, that standpoint, you know? Yeah, I think you identify with what you value mm -hmm. most first. <laughs> Rather, other people value that or not. And right. it's like, um, I think the advantage and the disadvantage of like growing up in communities where it is enriched in who you are, like growing up around a large black family. Mm -hmm. I never thought about my blackness until I wasn't around a lot of blacks. Yep. And fortunately for me, it didn't impact me until I was well in my thirties. So the foundation was more established, mm -hmm. but I do think that I've always been on a journey of more because even though I had a life, I've always felt like there was more to life. Mm -hmm. And I think that I tend to look for what is that? What is that next step? What is that elevation? What is that progression, if you will? And I think, that's what we tend to go is to the things that we value. And I value to not just be classified, but I do value being um, tapped out. I value being like completely empty mm -hmm. of all my gifts, skills, talents, and everything. Like when I transition, I don't want anybody to be able to say, Jay held back. Mm -hmm. No, I don't want to hold back. I want to completely exhaust everything that is within me. Um, she said, I miss you guys. But hey, Natanya. Hey, I miss you too. I thought about you because I passed your house, but I couldn't stop because I had the kids. But we're going to have to talk about that. Right. Um, beautiful James Bowen quote, one of my favorite poet and social um, commentator. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and back to Deshaun. I, I think that this actually complements that mm -hmm. because I don't, I don't think that it was a... a a literal statement as much as it was an allegorical statement and realizing that we are like the greatest one will not be is not born yet because if everything is great before it imagine the summation of all the greatness absolutely absolutely and i think if we think kind of going what chanel said if we think individually it'll always be like oh well so and so was great so and so was great but I think that sometimes we got to look at the collective greatness and realize the impact when a lot of great things come together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. One thing you can't hide is when you're crippled inside. Ooh. John Lennon. Mr. Imagine All the People. Yeah. I don't know if he meant to make was that. Was that in the song? I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know where this came from. It, to be honest, it sounds like it was in a song. Um, but I mean, but he's a musician too, yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm look it up and see. Okay, but go ahead. I think it's um, I think I do think it's self-explanatory. Like when you're when you are uh, damaged or you know even conflicted or just really just burdened on the inside, it shows in various ways. And I think even when you're trying to hide it, it it creeps out just because you know without it being you know tended to or you know maintenance that's just gonna it's just gonna flood and you know it always comes out so i think that's to me that's self-explanatory yeah it actually does come from a song called okay. crippled inside bro and um it actually said oh the whole song is about being crippled inside and it says you can't you can shine your shoes and wear a suit. You can comb your hair, 
and look quite cute. You can hide your face behind a smile. One thing you can't hide is when you're crippled inside. You can wear a mask and paint your face. You can call yourself the human race. You can wear a collar and a tie. One thing you can't hide is when you're crippled inside. Mm -hmm. um, he said, you can go to church and sing a hymn. You can judge me by the color of my skin. You can live a lie until you die. One thing you can't hide is when you're crippled inside. Um, and that's funny because I actually like John Lennon. One of my favorite songs by him is Imagine. Mm -hmm. And I think that he was one of those who would have pushed the counter mm -hmm. to be more progressive and bringing about true inclusion because of his level of consciousness. And I think that for some strange reason, when we have lights like John Lennon, they are usually taken a little too soon. What's your thoughts, E? What I you disagree got? with that. I disagree with that whole song and statement. People do it all the time. People hide their pain, and some people do it so well. It's, it's people, and I don't really want to get too deep, but there are people that commit suicide, and there's there was no signs that that's where they were in their life. You just wake up the next day, and it's like, what? They did that? Mm -hmm. They hit it so well. That's why they always say check on your strong friends, because sometimes they hide their pain so well. I don't know about, um, but that might be nitpicking. I'm but if you have suicide, is it really hiding though? No, that's when that's when it's over. That's but that's that when, that's, that's the revealing. But it the, the crippleness that leads up to that is what I mean. Like a lot of people could disguise that pretty well. You know I mean? Well, I think those are two different things. Okay. Like I can hide leading up to something, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I just believe that the truth is going to expose itself. And so saying that is like. One thing you can't hide is the truth. Like how many people you have seen them smiling, you be like, you hurt and I can see it. Mm -hmm. We just had a conversation about this. Like you're very intuitive too. So people can put on the front and very few people see it. Right. Somebody's always going But to somebody it. is always going to do it. Matter of fact, I had a pastor early on who said, you got a gift of hiding things. So don't think that God didn't give somebody else a gift to uncover things. Mm. Gotcha. And I think that just because people go unnoticed, I think a lot of times things go unnoticed because people don't pay attention. Right. I don't think because it's not there blatantly, you know, glaring at a person like I'm hurting. I need this because a lot of times, you know, when I encounter people, people will say, you noticed when it was just completely, you know, obvious to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with what the, your pastor told you, Jay, because I would. I mean, if I were going to bet on something like that, I don't really think there's a person alive that I, that could hide something from Jay. No, there's some people out there. There, pro there might be someone. There's exception to every rule. But I just think that just like, you know, there's some for every person, like like your pastor, for every, for every person that's a master at hiding, there's a master of decoding. So I think that it's either a matter of who you're around or like Jay said, two people not paying attention. Because people or things can be blindingly obvious in certain moments. It may not. It may just be a small moment, but there's there are there are things that are blindly obvious in those moments, and sometimes people just don't pick up on them. And and to E's point, you know what? I got a problem. I got a problem with liars. Mm -hmm. Like, if I ask you, like, you sure you're all right? You be like, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. So I think that E to your point, I think people are great at lying. I don't think that they're necessarily hiding it. Mm -hmm. I think that they lie because somebody typically acts like, are you okay? Right. And they're like, I'm good. Mm -hmm. But it's a lot of times we're just trained to do that. Like that's just regular conversation nowadays. Like how are you? It's automatically, oh, I might. It's just, you know. It's just I don't do that. If I'm struggling, I say yeah. I'm struggling. Yeah, I don't do that either. <laughs> I, nah, but I do, get, I do think that it's common for people to do that. Mm -hmm. But I, but I also that doesn't negate the fact that we're lying, though. Right. I mean, if somebody right. knows that you're not okay, but you're saying that I'm okay, so you're not really hiding it. You just lying about the obvious and trying to make us feel like it's okay. Like I'm good. I'll be good. Or like people say, I'll be all right. Oh, so that means you're not all right right now, then. Exactly. Right. We're gonna go back. We're gonna go back because it's some comments. Some comments because it's so much that just came to me. <laughs> I got mad a little bit when I just thought about that, man. Yeah. Oh, people that know the individual or energy 
whale can always tell. I Did agree. you mean to rhyme? Okay. <laughs> the eyes, voice, behavior, the things they don't say, a person that truly looks will see. Absolutely, Big Sis, I agree. Deuce agreed with you. He said um, agreed, especially with black folks, bro. Yep. We are the masters of hiding pain. John Lennon was talking about individual hiding, not us. People tell others, people tell others don't process. Every person that committed suicide, there was a hint no matter how long ago. I agree with that too. Yep. Um, they can hide their pain well, but if we pay attention in detail, it'll be seen. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> I've rewatched famous people public performances before suicide and the sadness was obvious in the midst of a crowd i always wish i knew them personally said cordell mass <laughs> small talk yeah hey joe alicia what's up joe alicia i agree i believe we pay more attention to the people around us every suicide wakes someone up to pay more attention sometimes someone or a group or people it's sad it happens but sometimes it takes that yeah uh, yeah attention attention to detail you know i definitely yeah um in 2013 or 2014 i can't remember the exact um year um i had a cousin that we were close um because like remember i told you i told the story like i found out about my granddaddy's side of the family when i was like um 14 turning 15 mm -hmm. and immediately that side of the family I was extremely close to and connected to and I'm still because they have so many similar personalities mm -hmm. and one of my um, younger cousins um, I knew something wasn't right and so because I was working in Augusta I would make time to see him mm -hmm. and so I thought like you know if he gets back in school and he started making positive steps it would be that um, and one of the days that we were supposed to get up, um, he ended up committing suicide that day. Oh, wow. And so, um, he wrote a letter, um, but his mom and his siblings, they know, but we don't know the contents of the letter. But one thing that I've always thought about is I've asked him repeatedly, like, are you okay? Mm -hmm. I said, something is off. Something is not right. Tell me what it is so I can help. And he sat in my office and he and he would say that he's fine and he wasn't. And I knew in my heart of hearts that it wasn't right. And I can think of so many times where I have been in people presence and I have literally asked them like, why? And I don't understand why we call insecurities insecurities mm -hmm. because they're totally not that. The most protected thing that we have in this world are the things that we are insecure about. They are so protected. We will protect and fight for the things that cause us pain, the things that we are not comfortable with before we will really put out the things that we're truly gifted and talented in. And it's so frustrating to be around people. And that's one of the things that bother me is that people will lie to me to my face. Yeah. And I'm sitting here saying, like, I'm not going to judge you. I just want to be able to position myself to help you. Just tell me what's going on. And so many people will defend that lie. They'll mm -hmm. defend that pain. They'll defend that insecurity. And it, do, it does. It hurts like hell to watch someone take their life and you could have just been there. You know what I mean? You could have protected them. You could have helped them. But they didn't hide it. They protected it. Mm -hmm. Right. She said, right, right. I'm not sure about what. Trained to lie. Most people are used to deceiving themselves for the greater good. Yeah. That's why I check on those who I say I care about and love. Though some may not do the same for me, God is not going to ask me what people did for me. He's going to ask what I did to help them. What's up, Isaiah, man? Hey, Isaiah. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. So, and I definitely, too, I think, you know, that's one of those situations where when people ask if we're okay, I mean, no one says you got to tell all your business, but even if you say no or I'm handling stuff or whatever, if you choose to answer, you know, I think, you know, instinctively saying, you know, I'm all right and lying, that's one of those things where people say, like, it's a little white lie or this or that, but no, it's still 
deception. And, you know, so that's one of those things where that I think we have to unlearn as just people is just no one says you have to divulge everything, but being honest doesn't require you to divulge everything. Yeah. If someone asks you if you're okay, just be like, no, I'm not, but I don't want to talk about it or no. And just go about your business. But to say, no, I'm okay. And then people say stuff like, well, nobody, you know, nobody asked about me or nobody checked on me and this and I was going through it. But you lied to people for for six months or however long and said you're okay. But then when you're not okay, and clearly tell, you want people to, you know, run past your guards or, you know, knock down your walls or whatever and try to help you. But that's, you know, why does that be that complicated? Well, it depends who asks me. If it's, you know, if it's if it's a brother or somebody close to me, then yeah, I'm gonna let you know the real. But if you're just somebody in passing, hey, how are you? I'm not, I'm not gonna, oh, I'm not good right now. No. I ain't got nobody got anybody got time for that. He ain't even trying to hear that. He's really just saying hello. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm, I'm just saying that you could, I mean, if you choose to not answer, that's cool. But to, to lie and say, like, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm cool, I'm great. You know, like, why even do that? Just if you're not gonna answer, just be like, just don't answer, you know. Yeah, kind of like how he did at the beginning when he was telling us about his week. He's like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, you get nothing else out of that. Yeah, I do think that people confuse confidentiality with privacy. Right. I can say that I'm not okay, but I don't have to tell you what I'm not okay about. Exactly. I can also tell you, I can tell you things that I'm comfortable with and things that I'm uncomfortable. I can say literally I'm uncomfortable with that, but I don't have to tell you why I'm uncomfortable. But for some strange reason, we have been conditioned to divulge things that are really out of people's jurisdiction and not any of their business. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think that there is a moral conflict of how do I say that I'm not okay without telling them what I'm okay about? Because I can say I'm not okay, but I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But there is a struggle. And I think that because we're all on different, you know, um, we're all on different spectrums when it comes to healing. That all of us have found a way. Some of us have truly found ways to heal, and some of us have tr- found ways to remove the symptoms. And so, sometimes when you're looking at individuals, a healed person and a person without symptoms can appear to be the same thing. And it's when those moments where it comes where a person has to readjust and adapt, where a healed person can maneuver and move, where a person who just removed the symptoms, when they readjust or move the wrong way, the pain returns. And so when the pain returns, like how Cordell keep kicking his light, when the pain returns, that's when I think a different mindset of bitterness, mm-hmm. frustration, and I think other things come in because they're like, I've been dealing with this pain for so long, and they position their lives to protect the pain, to remove the symptoms versus living a life of healing. And I think that we confuse that a lot. But I was a whole like two, three, four handfuls. Um, Natanya say, um, do you know Natanya E? No. She's a sister of the way. Um, a great, a great sister. Um, and a, and, a, and one of the dopest, one of the dopest poets that I know. Um, and she said, even strangers. Honesty is refreshing, even from strangers. So we don't we're gonna lead John Lennon. Let's go to Mr. Maslow. A lot of y'all might know him from Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm. And he said, when the only tool you have is a hammer, you tend to view everything as a nail. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) What you got, E? Yeah, I mean, a good example of that is if the only way you know how to solve problems is through violence or yelling, for example, you're gonna you're gonna tackle every situation aggressively, unnecessarily at times. So, I guess the gist of it, long story short, is to diversify how you handle situations, how you how you choose to combat life. Because I'm looking at a, a hammer as like a tool to to combat in a sense. Well, mm-hmm. I guess to fix things, but you ain't fixing everything with a hammer. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. So you got to diversify how you, how you, how you attack life. In certain situations, it it might call for aggression. C- certain times, it just calls for you to fall back and not say a word. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Before um you say something, that was good. E. Um, Devorah, she commented, but it didn't show up here. And she said, um, going back to the the other comment, she said, unfortunately, not only can you hide it, but some people become the best comedians as a result of their ability to mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know that. Plenty of, especially black comedians, especially. I'd say that's comedians as a whole. Yeah. Um, because they come from places. They come from experiences. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's about making the best out of our people. Yeah. Um, make, I meant the best out of our experiences. Um, e, Tara said, right, E, an axe is useless where scissors are called for. She always has those little nice innuendos. Yeah. You haven't met Tara yet either? Mm-mm. We're gonna have to change all of this. You gotta meet your sisters. <laughs> Become your own MacGyver in a sense. I miss that show. My <laughs> hammer can build and destroy. But it can't screw. <laughs> mm. And you know what's so bad about that? I was just sitting there thinking because both of the girls ordered, um, they got canopies for their bed. Mm -hmm. And you know how you're supposed to screw it in? Man, I nailed that thing up there. <laughs> what? <laughs> Look, it was nice and tight. So I was like, okay. So it, it, you're right because when it comes to screwing, <laughs> it takes patience and it's a process to it that a lot of us forget mm -hmm. or don't want to do. And we just go to the beating instead. <laughs> I promise you, this is coming from a pure place. <laughs> but it's true information. But it is. It's, it's such a process that you have to learn when you're screwing things in. Mm -hmm. So it's easier to go ahead and hammer and nail it. Mm -hmm. And that's when sometimes it comes out a little janky because of that. Because we try to evade the process and go a different route. I promise you guys, coming from a <laughs> pure place. Word. But yeah. yeah, I take it as someone putting a battery in their back in a sense. Okay, what do, what do you mean? I want, to, I, want, I want you to unpack that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I would like the explanation too. As you say, being creative is problem solving or conflict resolution is a divine skill. Yeah, I mean, that quote to me just, it says, you know, when you look at things, when you're always looking at thing, things through one lens, one lens, or from a particular point of view at the, all the time, then you have a skewed vert, you have a skewed view of everything. That's what that says to me. But it also, it's like, since we've been doing this love walk, there's so many people that are so used to people having ulterior motives when they show kindness mm -hmm. that they're actually in a defense to defend themselves versus in a defense to receive love. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we spend a lot of time. So this says like basically when the only tool that you have, you're going to always use that for everything. Right. So if you come from an environment where you had to fight for everything, you think anything worth having is fighting for. Mm -hmm. So if you come from an environment where you only think what the only way that people show their affection and kindness towards a person is through abuse, you will tend to be an abusive person. So I think that it's more about us realizing the tool that we were given is not the only tool that may be in the toolbox. Yeah. And I think that's harder for us to kind of realize, especially when you've seen your mama use the hammer, your daddy used the hammer, <laughs> used the hammer, your auntie used the hammer. You know what I'm saying? And you come from a whole family of hammers. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. How would I know how to use a screwdriver if all we did was hammer things? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, you ready for the next one, E? Let's go. You can read it. You don't have to teach people how to be human. You just have to teach them how to stop being inhumane. Inhuman or inhumane? Inhuman? If that, if that says inhuman, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, uh, is inhuman the same as inhumane? Is that I don't what know. Wow, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, hold on. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I don't know what inhuman is. Why are we here? We hear you, Chanel. 
<laughs> Inhuman is a word. It says lacking human qualities, compassion, mercy, cruel, barbaric, not human in nature or character. Mm. Now let's see the difference between Oh, look, somebody already did it. The the word inhuman like inhumane means pitiless, lacking compassion, but inhuman, which also means cruel and monstrous mm -hmm. and barbaric in a more harsher sense than inhumane. Mm. Mm -hmm. So inhumane is like you still have some level of humanity mm -hmm. to you. Like, it's no question that you're a human. Whereas inhuman is like, what are you? Yeah, you're just a whole beast. Thanks. You know, I kind of get out of that quote. You kind of got to let allow people to be themselves up until the point where it interferes with what's right i would say basically you don't have to inf you don't got to infringe on teaching people how to be anything from your perspective let them be what they feel like they are up until the point that it's inhumane basically it's an inhumane would probably to me be only something that just takes away from yourself in a way. Anything that takes away and makes something negative, I'll say that's inhumane. But yeah, yeah, I, I like the first part of that. You don't have to teach people how to be human. We just are who we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Yeah, like they're you're human by default. Right. Right. But you learn how to be a monster. And I think, and I do agree, I think that we need to stop policing people's lifestyle. Right. And I think a lot of us do that just because you would do things differently doesn't mean that your way is right. Right. And it doesn't take away from a person's humanity. It may take away from a person's morality, but it may not take away from a person's humanity because morality is based on an individual choice path and so other so many other things that are associated that are deeper than that. But regulating somebody else as being a human is not in your jurisdiction. I agree a lot with that, E. Mm -hmm. um, if bad intent is used to manipulate the person that was given the hammer, everything can become an enemy without them ever interacting with it. That's okay. true. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that, too. Joe Alicia coming in, dropping some jewels. She said, yes, the ability to recognize and help correct that view is important as well. Sometimes it takes someone else to show you the screwdriver and help you put down the hammer. I'm actually with you on put down the hammer because so so often people will tell you what you're not supposed to do. Yeah. But there are a lot of people that are not going to help you do what you need to do or what will be better for you. Oh, man. Yeah. They'll say, just pick up a screwdriver and use it. Just twist it. Mm -hmm. No, sometimes it's not about me. Just like with lies, it's not about me accepting the truth. It's me letting go of the lie. So I can know something is the truth, but I may still struggle with letting go of the lie because my whole life is built on this lie. I don't know what's going to be built on this truth. And so just because a screwdriver may be a better tool to use in this instance, how does that fit currently in my life? And how do I know my life won't fall apart when I start to use this screwdriver? Yeah. And, and I a lot of times they're not even telling you to, to pick up the screwdriver. They just telling you put down the hammer. But it's like, but I still have this problem that needs to be solved. Like, what do I use instead? And they just like, I don't know. Just don't use the hammer. And it's just like, OK, <laughs> how does that help me moving forward? You know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, you just used to having something in your hand. Mm, yeah. Like what? I'm, I'm serious. It's like one of the hardest things for me, like. For 14 years, I had a ring on my finger. You know, so I had to take the ring off. So now I was like, what do I do with it? I used to twist my finger, my ring on my finger. I used to twist my hand. You know what I'm saying? So what do I do with my hands now when there used to be something that I did with them? That's deep, bro. You know? Would, would, would buying another ring be be wrong or should you focus on just not doing that anymore acceptance that the ring is not there 
Yeah, because the ring, because the spot where the ring was is reserved for a specific purpose. You know what I'm saying? So buying another ring would not really help in that case. You see what I'm saying? I get it. So I would have to learn that there may be a time that that ring, a ring may be there, or there may be, you may go through life no longer experiencing that ring being there, but be grateful that you knew what it felt like. Be grateful that you had that experience. You know what I mean? It doesn't replace all the great things that have happened. It's just now, how do I move forward? Because I built a lifestyle around something that was gifted to me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. On to the next. You got it, bro? Yes. It is not light we need, but fire. Not the gentle shower, but thunder. We need the storm, the whirlwind, and the earthquake. Frederick Douglass. I just feel like E would say this. <laughs> I just feel like this is an E statement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like this feels like he was said in specific context. And maybe he was speaking about the times that he was living in. Um, but I guess... I mean, if I was looking at it from just a, just a really without the context, it would just say that sometimes, I guess the the peaceful or the you know the calm method doesn't work. Sometimes the ruckus or the you know kinetic energy, whatever you want to say, some, sometimes things need action needs to take place. Basically, is what I'm saying. You know. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it just might have old folks saying mm -hmm. sometimes you need to get a little fire under your butt. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's exactly what that says to me. It's just action. Sometimes action is all it's needed. The time for words, all that is over. Sometimes we just need motion, action. Yeah. It is not the light we need, but the fire. Because the fire is light. Mm -hmm. And the fire is also light with a purpose. It's not the gentle shower but the thunder because of thunder showers. It is the thunder, the rumble, the shower is still happening. So it's not negating the fact that the shower is happening. The thunder is present, okay? We need the storm, which is a thunderstorm. We need the whirlwind, which is a type of storm. We need the earthquake, which is a type of moving. So it's not negating anything. Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes we do that. It's like just because you don't want it or like it doesn't mean it doesn't have a benefit or it doesn't have a benefit to it. Mm. Yeah, this, but this don't mean go home and uh, start flipping over pots and pans yelling at your right. wife. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's not how you handle your wife or your spouse and all that. Like, listen, I've been talking to you calm. Now I'm about to start flipping stuff. No, no, we're not. That's not, that's not what it applies to. It, it applies to like a lot of ex external outside of the home things when you're being a little bit too passive and, and, it, and it's time you get a, you got to speak up so that the little whisper you gotta sometimes you gotta yell it mm -hmm. yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah but i i think that that's the other thing um that one of the things i talk to my children about too is like when we talk about the storms of life we don't know how to handle conflict so when conflict happens like i can give you a good example I was coming out of the neighborhood and you know how a car is coming, but you don't know if sometimes like the car is speeding up, but then it's like slow down for whatever reason. So when I realized the car was slowing down, I, you know, I made my turn, but the car behind me blew the horn. And so I stopped like, did something happen? So I stopped and the person went past me. So I pulled up beside him and I was like, did something happen? Mm -hmm. And they were like, you know, cussing out. I'm like, why are we cussing? Oh, you know what? Roll up my people here. I don't care about your people. Mm. I'm asking you, did something happen that I need to know about because you was blowing and I'm trying to figure out why we acting like this. Mm. And she couldn't answer that question. And I, you know, and I did realize it was a woman later, but she couldn't answer that question. But she got upset and she went all the way to it has to be confrontational. Mm. No, horns are meant for a reason. Right. And that was nothing. I was sitting there thinking, like, I was like, we in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. Like, what are we blowing a horn for, like, unless something happened that I didn't see? Yeah. And so a lot of people don't know how to 
handle conflict, don't know what to do with conflict, and they think just because we disagree, that means fight. Mm -hmm. Just because it's uncomfortable, that means I have to lash out and I have to do all of that. No, sometimes things are not comfortable, but we can work through it. It's okay to disagree, and people don't know how to do that. Like, as soon as somebody say, oh, your voice is raising, so you let's not holler. No. Sometimes it's okay to shout when you're in pain and you got to get things out. When I had my kidney stones, I wish, like, hell, somebody would have been like, sir, you got to calm down. You got to stop yelling. No, the first thing that they said, it was like, yeah, this must be your first time having kidney stones. Yes, this is extremely painful. We're going to try to get you something to take care of that pain. Um, but just bear with us. Try breathing. Try this. But they didn't say stop because they recognized it was a pain associated with it. Mm -hmm. We, going back to the other statement, try to regulate how people deal with things. Yeah. And that causes more conflict because you got this illusion of how life should be. And it's not true. Mm -hmm. All it does is cause more damage. Yeah, I agree. Chanel says, speaking to us as people of melanin, um, melanin um, to get our home strong. In the dead of winter, it is the heat, not the light, that makes the most impact. Ooh. Ooh. I remember that. I remember that day, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think that it's how we look at storms. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. um, growing up in the deep south, that was a song they used to sing, like I told the storm. Um, but it's it, it's in the it's in the eye of the storm where there's the peace. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we are so afraid to encounter friction that we never really know how to embody peace. Mm. But sometimes it takes the friction to help us develop peace. Yeah. yeah. And just like even in the beginning of that, where it says it's not light we need, but fire, basically to amp it up. If there's a fire going on, you're not going to whisper, hey, hey, buddy, there's a fire over here. You're going to scream it out because that's the time where you got to get loud instead of, you know, same thing with a storm. If you're out to see, you're not, hey, buddy, a storm is coming. You're going to you're going to scream it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I also agree with you in that point. It's also where it is because. If we all sitting around a campfire, we're not going to say, oh, I really like this fire. Can you turn out the light? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You would tell people, actually, they need more light. Go by the fire so you can see. Yeah. Because you recognize that it's a light source. The question was never about it being a light. But you also want to make sure that you're using things in purpose. Like um, another thing. It's so funny. You got me thinking about a lot of things, I think, because I've been early on, like even in um, our faith. Um, one of the, one of the teachers used to say, you, you, you have to, you can't confuse the consuming, the consuming fire being consumed by fire as the same thing. Like they were saying as believers, we possess a consuming fire. So that fire would never consume us, but there are some people who will be consumed by the fire. So I think it's a position on how we use things mm -hmm. and what's the purpose in that moment. And if we don't understand our purpose, we may think that we're going to be consumed by something that is really a vessel for us to use. But we won't get to know ourselves because we spend so much time regulating the humanity of others. Yeah. A lot of valuable time wasted. Wow. There's a, yeah, there's a real spiritual aspect to that line, especially with when you consider the burning bush with Moses, how the tree was not consumed by the fire and that fire was light to him and how, you know, when it comes to the shower, it talks about how when he speaks to us, it sounds like thunders and roaring. And that, yep. that that's more important than just a gentle shower, the direct word. That's dope. Yeah. Okay, what we got? Oh, how the whole hour go by that fast? You know what? Because we weren't looking at the time. That's why. Okay, let's do just do one more. Just do one more. You ready to eat one more? One of the hardest things in life is having words in your heart that you can't utter. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Yeah. That's kind of how we started it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen like a post going around re recently. People say, um, 
I, I suck because I get so mad that I I what I get so mad that I cry sometimes. Like or when, or when I'm extremely angry, I just cry. Because mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of the times it's because you can't let out what you really want to let out because you might end up going to jail or something. So you kind of it just it just burns you up so much inside that you just you just get emotional and you start crying. That's crazy. And the sad part is when I've learned my problem is the opposite of that. Like I can be hurting and I can tell somebody that I'm hurting and they will say dumb things to me like you don't look like you're hurting. Oh, wow. You're handling it. You're, you're handling it well. How does one who's hurting supposed to handle that? Right. So I'm supposed to just be coming to you sobbing. That's the only type of pain you recognize is when one is hurting in that way. Like. I think that it's even worse when you do, just like when I tell someone that I am upset about something. I'm not going to come to you yelling so people think I'm being sarcastic and all of that. And it's, it's none of those things. It's just that my emotions do not dictate, you know, or it do not dictate the seriousness or the importance of a situation. I can feel something and I don't have to act the way that you think or assume an emotion should act. I'm feeling the pain. I'm feeling the hurt. I'm feeling the discomfort. You don't tell me how to feel uncomfortable. You don't tell me how to be angry. And I think that the hardest thing for a lot of people in life is that they also get mad because this is where misery loves company. They get mad at the one who's able to express themselves and move on. They get mad at the ones who can accept truth for what it is and move on. They get so mad because how dare you in their eyes have the audacity to heal and move forward. People want quote, you to be miserable. Go ahead. And that quote has a lot of a lot of levels to it. Like in the example of say it's something that you can't say to a person because they exited your life in some form or fashion, whether it be uh, someone is deceased or someone uh, basically got you on block. So you you got things in your heart that you want to say to these people, but there's no way for you to, to get it across. So it's, it just hurts, it's just pain, definitely. And then there's another way to look at it. Say, you know, you're a child or you're young and you don't have the words to really describe how you feel inside. That must be a lot of pain also. There's a lot of levels to that to that yeah. phrase right there. I agree. I think that um, I remember when my dad died, my biological father died this year. And one of the things my wife was like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. And the one thing that I told him, I already mourned him when he was living. So the death was easier. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I don't understand that. That's not right. Um, that's still your father at the same time and blah, blah, blah. It was a lot of things that a lot of people were saying. And a lot of people were saying like, well, that's still your dad. Like, no, I went through nearly 20 years of counseling for this. Mm -hmm. I mourned him when he was living. The death made it easier because when a person dies, it makes sense. Oh, my dad is not part of my life because they did. Mm -hmm. But when a person is living, how do a child understand? Like when a person lives less than 10, 15, 15 minutes, 15 minutes away from you and you can't see them. They're in full health. They, they're fully capable of coming. There's nothing preventing them from seeing them. It's so much easier to rationalize when a person is dead because now you can say, well, they're not living. That's why they're not here. But when you develop the whole life around something, people try to tell you how to feel. And that's not what I grieved. I grieved more my aunt and my uncle who passed this year. You know, I grieve my favorite cousin, one of my favorite cousins who passed this year. The list goes on and on. Like those were the things that I grieve. I didn't grieve a person that I have already grieved. I've already buried that person. Yeah. And we think that it's only a physical death. And then people will tell you that you're hurting in a place. And it's like, no. So sometimes the hardest thing in life is having the words in your heart that you can't utter. And you are uttering them, but they don't understand because they're speaking a different language. Yep. So I'm uttering the words, but you can't hear them because I don't understand your language. I don't understand your broken language. I'm not coming from a broken place. I'm coming from a healed place. But since all you know is brokenness, you only understand that. 
So you can be expressing it. And I think that that's even worse is at a place where you're expressing it, but people don't receive it. So it's like you're not saying it at all. Oh, wow. I didn't consider that portion of it. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. <sighs> Let's see what Big Sister say. Hopefully they only can't be uttered in the moment. This is where creative serve humanity well, putting the words and emotions out there as something to refer to. Yeah, I agree. Well, we're gonna come back to that one. E, oh, positive brother, shout out, bro. Who you gonna do? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna shout out you two brothers. I have yet to shout you guys out. This is the first time I'm going to shout you guys out for this platform. This is awesome. Thanks for having me on it inviting me is pretty dope i'm usually watching every single week i don't miss brothers empowerment so thank you guys for having me on the platform it's pretty dope but this is your platform now yeah you're part of the you're part of it now well thank you for allowing me to be part of the platform <laughs> you're gonna have your email it's gonna be elijah stewart at lovesapparable.com <laughs> you're gonna be sending you emails you're like what is this i got emails <laughs> Bro, what you got? I man, oh man. I think it's the first time I've ever been in a loss for words, probably brush out. I usually live for this segment. You so excited? Shout out Kanye West for what he said on Drink Champs last week, man. It was pretty amazing. He's profound. Right. Did you watch it? I I, I I seen some clips. I gotta watch the whole thing. I no, seen watch the whole thing, man. It was pretty I gotta, awesome. I watch the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I would I would definitely say, man, definitely gotta shout you out, even for really, you know, for jumping on here with us for real. And really just man, since increasingly since you've been you know you relocated here in north carolina man really just being a force in our lives i don't want to say just mine because you were jay's brother in multiple ways as well so just really being a force in our lives man it's like you know when i met you you know a couple years ago and, and since then like it's just really been getting the bond has been getting stronger man so i want to shout you out too bro uh jay i want to shout you out man because you know if uh, one of the I've learned probably a hundred thousand things from you um, at this point. I, but one of the most important things I want to say is the importance of viewing things three hundred and sixty and realizing the greater good and the greater purpose in things. And also, um, and that goes into my purpose and being a safe place. One of the one of the greater purposes of just what we do and just really just walking in love is bringing people together. And you embody that, bro, like every day and any and everything you do. And so I want to shout you, man, because you just showed me how important that is. That trumps pretty much everything. Um, and so I want to shout you, bro, because like I said, man, like, like I always say, you are the supernova, man. And, you know, you just you shine light wherever you go. And, and you know, you just cast away the darkness. I want to shout you out, man. And I want to shout out all the brothers who are committed to being brothers and not letting the petty negativity get in the way of really connecting and being brothers. Like that is really, that's really what I'm on, man. If we can have a conversation about whatever it is that's that's going on between us, even if it takes multiple conversations, then let's do that instead of let the conflict escalate or let it just put a rock in between us for long periods of time. Let's 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 do that. Let's let's communicate and get it all out on the table. So shout out to those brothers, you know, for being positive brothers. Thank you. Look what Terry said. I just remember when y'all would cry every week, <laughs> shouting each other out. <laughs> Disrespectful. See, this is the other side of Tara. Um, <laughs> the petty side, the Jersey side. Um, I would definitely say um, I, I do think the brothers associated with brother empowerment mm -hmm. um, for really helping me because when I started talking about, well, when I started accepting the fact that I'm going through a separation and eventually getting a divorce, um, I was so embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I was so hurt. Um, I was just so angry on so many different levels and that's when you started to realize that because he asked me a question today. And um, the question was, well, who is the Jay Dwayne for Jay Dwayne? Mm -hmm. And one mm -hmm. of the things that I said was I never was looking for a person. I, I'm, I was 
sometimes it's the fruit of what you do. And I would have never known that had the situation didn't happen because the way that these brothers came, that is the J. Dwayne, because I did things solo because I had no choice. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to operate in a collective we. And that resonated with me because the brothers were there. And I thank you guys for helping me to heal, to get my mind right and all of that. And, you know, um, I thank you, Cordell, for like doing the best that because there have been times where we had absolutely no support when it came with Love is a Parable. We had nobody that we can truly rely on. And it was me and you juggling every single hat. Um, and it was flowing as if <laughs> it was like a team of 10, mm -hmm. 15. But now we're developing a team, a team that's truly built on trust, mm -hmm. truly built on love. And I'm just grateful for that. I'm grateful for all of y'all. And I'm grateful for the opportunity. Um, and I'm grateful for the future. Yeah. I'm so grateful for the future because I do believe in purpose. I do believe in the promise. And I do believe that none of those things will fail because they all built on truth and truth doesn't fail. So I'm excited for what's in store. I'm excited for the future. So I think every last one of you brothers, if you go back and look, you actually listed in the credits now. Mm -hmm. Your Thank name you. in the credits. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> I'm in the management thing now, Mama. Listen, <laughs> he got his own locker and everything. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just grateful, and he, you know what I'm most excited is is that we had conversations about three or four years ago, and the manifestation of a lot of that stuff is happening now. And so I'm excited. I'm excited um, for the future for you. I mean, I'm excited to be celebrating with you. Matter of fact, I celebrate now mm -hmm. because I'm just so excited about the things that are going to manifest in your life. Absolutely. That makes two of us. Right. Thank you. Thank you, brothers. Thank you. And for those who are watching, if this is your first time watching and you feel that there is no one in this world that cares about you and love you, you just met three people that do. Make sure you tune in next week. Visit loveisaparable.com to find more information about our organization. And if you feel compelled by this show or any of the initiatives that we have or our organization, you can donate because we are a 501c3 organization. We love you guys and we'll see you guys next week. Because as they raise in your spirits, you start embracing your fearless. You can't deny that you're clearing all the demons from your heart, wishing it from the start. To any brother that want to step in and be a part, because it's easy to do it together than be a part hope to be the beacons of light that can shine in the dark ah. come on let's go